great reading. Thank you. That's not an easy one. So before we get going, kids, let's remind ourselves of something that we did last summer when we made care kits. We, ta- we reminded ourselves of what wants and needs are, right? So we all want a lot of things, right, kids? We all want a ton of things. But what do we really need to live? Not what we want to live, but what's one, of the, what's one thing we really need if we're going to live? Go ahead, honey. Your arm was up. Food, right. We need food. Excellent. That is a need. Not necessarily Frosted Flakes, but that's the best thing I could grab on the way out of the house this morning. What else, Maya? Shelter. Say it again. Shelter. 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 That's right. So what is one of the things that we usually use for shelter? Um, a house. A house. Right. So we, need, we all need a house or an apartment, right? Okay, great. Let's get a guy's voice in here. Pascal, what else do we need? Money. Oh, and I don't have money. Kev? Where's Kevin? Nope, Kev. Anybody with money? I totally forgot to grab a dollar on the way out. I'm not going to keep it, Sarah, I promise. This is not a ploy. I just totally had forgot to do that. Great job. Oh, Pascal has it. Great job, Pascal. That's exactly right. We need money. That we absolutely need money. It's very, without that, without currency of some sort to purchase, we can't. What's another thing, uh, Nora? Clothes, right. I remembered that. We need clothes. We need clothes. And a couple other things that are really important. Max. That's true. We need that safety from a war zone. Absolutely. And that's really important so that we have all of... So when we have that safety, we can get gather a lot of these things that we couldn't if we were in that. What else? There's something else we really need this side, Daisy. Definitely need love. We need love. But if someone, if, if at times we didn't have any love, we could probably still at least survive, right? So we're just getting to that, that real basic level of what, what do you think, Pearl? Medicine. Medicine can be helpful. You're absolutely right. Good one. Very good. There's a couple things. Nature. Nature? Yes, because that creates the oxygen. Absolutely clear. What? Say it. Perfect. We need water. I was just going to say, what happens when you're really thirsty? We need water. And then there's one more that a lot of people don't think about. Um, but if you, I bet, I bet Mr. Bronson or Mr. Brito would get this. So go ahead, Dryden. Say it again. Need the world. Yep, that's all part of where we're at. Who hasn't answered any? any who hasn't answered yet? Evan? Ethan? <laughs> what do you think? All right, someone that's already answered that might know. Max? God. Yep, but yep, because he holds us all together. But what's, what's that something? In order, in order to sort of get all of this, what, what, what do you need? Henry? Uh, no, like to get it. To get it, like not to put it in. You're right, to put it in, you need a stomach. But to get all of these things, what, what do you need? What do you guys all do Monday through Friday? What do you kids, what do you, where do you go? Nora. School. School, we need education, right? It's so important, education, because if you don't get told anything, if you don't get told how to plant, 
you could never make food, and all these things. So we need education. So those are needs, and those are very different than you want. So here's the thing, kids. Most of us don't have everything we want, right? There's, you, you, there's probably something right now you can think of that you don't have that you want. I, I can think of a lot of things I don't have that I want. But most of us here this morning have everything we need. We do. But here's the sad bit. There are many people right in our own city that don't have everything they need. Everything they need. So all of you kids have these things, right? At some level, or your mom and dad have these things, so they're able to feed you and give you water and dress you and give you shelter and give you a home. But right here in our city, there's people that don't have a house. They don't have enough money. They don't have food. And they have trouble finding work, and some don't even have an education. Now, the passage in the Bible that Henry read for us, right? Did you all hear that passage that Henry read? So here's the thing. This tells us that when the apostles, the apostles' kids are the guys that ran the earliest church, that's what the apostles were. So just think of it that way. They were the guys that sort of ran the earliest church. And when they were guiding Paul as he went on his missionary journeys, they told him one thing they wanted him to do was, was to remember the poor. And did you notice that's exactly what Paul wanted to do anyway? He said, that's exactly what I was eager to do anyway. All right, so... Here's the question. Today, not, this isn't a question. What we're going to do today is remember the poor, just like Paul said. So the question is, though, have you ever been with mom and dad in a car and seen someone on the side of the road with a sign asking for food or for money? You've seen that, Henry? Max, you've seen that? Anyone else? Daisy, ever seen that? Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to make these care kits. Last summer, we made about 50 care kits. Okay. This summer, we're going to make... This, this is a summer, this is winter, obviously. Someone's messed up. We're gonna make 100 care kits this time that we can then all put in our cars and give them when we see the poor. This is our way of helping others the way God tells us to. So, here's what we're gonna do. I, I think Henry and Dryden are gonna stay in here and help me, and Max, you're welcome to stay in here and help as well, or you're welcome to go out. The rest of you with Miss Nicole, right? And is anyone else helping Mr. Cole today? Miss Raquel is helping Mr. Cole today. You're going to come up. You're going to get all the things that are going to go into care kits. And you're going to bring them over to the conference room. And Miss Nicole and Miss Raquel are going to help you put together 100 care kits that then you're going to bring back in so at the end of service, all of us can take some and have them in our cars. All right, so go ahead. You can start gathering the supplies and bring them up to the conference room. And I'm just going to talk to the... To mom and dad and the others for just five, five, six minutes. Okay, so, and you don't have to take it all at once. Just take it and bring it and come back and get more if you want. That'll work. teaching today. Okay, so the conference room is right over there, right across the hall. Thank you so much for doing this. You can come back and get more. Don't hurt yourself. Jackson, you might just want to take one at a time, but you can do it. They're heavy. Yeah, just the conference room, not down into Sunday school. 
you. Fabulous. So, the big three, Paul, James, I mean the big three, they, Paul was not part of the big three, Peter, James, and John. So the big three are in Jerusalem, and Paul goes to see them, and they have this summit meeting, this massive summit meeting, maybe one of the most important summit meetings of the early church, and it's a pretty private meeting. And they are discussing the foundational truth of Christianity, the foundational truth of Christianity, and they decide at this most important of summit meetings, that their unity is in the truth of the gospel of grace. That's it. And the only qualifier that they give is that the poor should be remembered. I want you to think about that. This massive, defining moment in our religion. And it is decided that the only qualifier to what is common amongst all Christians is the gospel of grace. The only qualifier to that is that the poor should be remembered. So the question is, why is remembering the poor so connected to the central truth of Christianity? And then we could add other questions like, and why has that been not taught the last 2,000 years? But why is it? Why is that so connected to the central truth of Christianity? They could have said so many things, as the church today is wont to do, right? We say, oh, it's just about the gospel of grace, but you need to do this and this and this. You need to believe that and that and that. You need to do, and on and on and on. But the big three in Paul decided, nope, this is the only qualifier. I think the answer to that question is because the entire biblical narrative on helping the poor is grounded in the basic tenet of the gospel. So when you read the scriptures from front to back, this is what I mean. God doesn't care why people are poor. He only cares about helping them. He doesn't say anywhere in Scripture, and only those people who are poor because they lost everything in a fire are worth our help. Only those people who are poor because there was a flood. Only those people who are poor because they have so many medical bills. He doesn't say any of that ever once in Scripture. What he says is, help the poor. Remember the poor. And I think this is very important for all of us to come to terms with. Because we can be so quick to judge others and find reasons not to help. But the only reason God seems to give for helping is the fact of their condition regardless of how they got there. So, just because I never like people taking my word for it, we're going to go through some scripture here, and, and, and maybe this will become clearer. So, Henry and Dryden, this is where you come in. And you can, you can just alternate, or whoever wants to go first. How about reading this one for us? First John 3. Go ahead, whoever wants to read it. Right there, Dryden. That's a tough one. Paul says this to Timothy. Go ahead, Emily. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. 
In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation of, for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Moses said this. There will always be poor people in the, in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Good Israelites Good job. who are poor. Excellent. And whoever wrote the book of Job said this. I rescued the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to assist them. The great prophet Isaiah said this. It is not, it is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen. To lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. It's is it not to share your food with the hungry? and provide the poor wonder, wonder with shelter when you see the naked to close them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. That's a pretty powerful one. And, and just so we make sure that we're, we're understanding this in our context, Wanderers in those days would be people that were fleeing from their countries, their cities, their towns, what we call refugees today. And let's see, this is Proverbs, so this would have been Solomon, maybe. For such their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. We have a few more from Solomon. The righteous, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. And that's a great verse, again, put in context for Christianity. We are righteous because of what Christ does for us, right? So the gospel makes us righteous, so the gospel makes us concerned for the poor. Just want to make sure we're always reading scripture in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is another one, I think, Henry? Whoever shuts their ears to him, speak up for those who do not speak. Yep, speak up for those, yep. Right, speak up for those who do not speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And I think there's one more from Solomon. The generous will themselves be blessed. For they share their food with the poor. Awesome job, you guys. Thank you so much for reading for us. But it goes further. When Jesus himself, well, Jesus' disciples, John the Baptist was questioning, who is, is Jesus really the Messiah? Remember what Jesus said to prove to John the Baptist? Yes, I am. And remember, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That's what I'm doing. So therefore, I must be the Messiah, John, because that's exactly what Isaiah said would happen when the Messiah came. He will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor 
of the earth. And then Jesus himself was clear that the final judgment of our faith, whether our faith was real or not, whether we believed in Jesus Christ or not, will be determined by what we did with the poor. This is Jesus talking. This isn't me. And, and he said, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Matthew 25 is, I think, a chapter we should spend time in and not be fooled by, because it's a parable. Don't, don't be fooled by that. All of scripture at some level is a parable. Jesus called all of this mercy. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Mercy. We have been shown mercy by God, therefore, to go and show mercy. James said that true faith is revealed in these acts of mercy. So remember, James is talking here about, well, what happens is, you know, the rich man comes into your church and you show him special attention, but then the poor man comes and you tell him to sit on the floor. James is really questioning this. It must have been going on in some of the churches that James was part of. But judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. These are powerful, powerful verses. And here's one I really want you to think about. This was new to me this week in my studies as I was preparing. I, I never really caught on to this. This is pretty powerful. So Paul calls the elders from the church of Ephesus. He sends for them to come and see him. Paul's getting on in age. And he reminds them, he told them the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. Okay? Then as he's saying bye to them, he's never going to see them again. These are the last words Paul says to the elders of a church at Ephesus. Okay? And everything I did, I showed you that by the kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They wept. What grieved them most is that they wouldn't see him again. His parting wisdom to the leaders of the church at Ephesus is give. Wow. So in all of that, if you saw closely in all of that, what I really wanted to point out, and there's so much more in Scripture, just spend time with it, there is no mention of why people are poor or whether or not they are worthy of our help. And that is in line with the gospel, which we've been talking about for the last three, four weeks, for those of you that have been around. We've been looking at Galatians, walking in line with the gospel, something St. Peter wasn't doing at that time. That's why Paul was, was um, sort of taking him to task for that. See, we did nothing to be worthy of the help God gave us. Nothing. And we remain unworthy of that help. There's the rub for most of us Christians. Most of us Christians are very comfortable saying, yes, we did nothing to deserve his help. That's how we got saved. But then we turn into, oh, but now we're worthy of his blessings. In fact, many of us have been taught that this table is that place that should separate those who are worthy and those who aren't, which goes against exactly what St. Paul taught about in Corinthians. You can't be worthy of this table. At no point in our lives are we worthy of the God, of the love God gives us. When we forget that, that's when we start judging others. That's the challenge. Sometimes it's so easy to think we get so good at being Christians that God actually loves us because we're worthy of it. But that's a false theology. 
which has its own issues. But more importantly, I think that is why we don't really help others. Because at some level, we think everyone should be worth our help. And when they're not, we don't offer it. And this can be seen in our lives in so many areas beyond the poor. I have a good friend that he, he started the Mustard Seed House. But he'll be the first to admit that while he's really good at helping the poor, he's really bad in other areas. Like, we not necessarily fight social injustices because we judge people or groups of people as unworthy of justice. We don't offer forgiveness because we don't think people deserve our forgiveness. We don't offer grace because they're not worth it. But this is the heart of the gospel. Like, sometimes I just, I get so disgusted with myself and I, I just end up laughing at myself for being so dumb. Like, grace can't be deserved or it's not grace. And, but don't we make those arguments in our heads all the time? I'm not forgiving them. It's the 50th time they've done this. Yeah, that's what forgiveness is. Hello? You don't forgive someone that doesn't hurt you. There's nothing to forgive. Forgiveness can't be offered to people who don't need it. God didn't offer us forgiveness because we, need, we, we didn't need it. We needed it. That's why he died for us. Everyone deserves justice, whether they live accordingly or not, just as everyone deserves basic human needs, regardless of how they came not to not have them. Here come some care kits. Thanks, kids. Perfect timing. We're almost done. So here's the thing. Remember, the moment we judge others as not worth, the moment we judge others as not worth, our help, our protection, our assistance, etc., 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 for any reasons, we take a step outside of the gospel. And ideas quickly become emotions, and emotions quickly become actions. And that's what I want to encourage us this morning, all of us. Examine why we do what we do, bring it back, Bring it back one level to the thoughts and then bring it back one level to the emotions. It's not that God wants us to clean up our emotions. We can't. Our emotions are our emotions, period. Someone betrays us. Someone hurts us. Someone is whatever. Okay, that's a human emotion. Fine, it happens. It's when the emotions become thoughts and we start to rationalize the anger and the bitterness, and the sorrow, and the sadness, and turn it into hate, and exclusivity, and judgment, then it becomes actions. And now, all of a sudden, we are making actions that have nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ, completely out of line with the gospel, but we can't see that because our thoughts are so solidified in our emotions. And that's what happens. And that's, so it's just about being, sitting and being completely honest with God about why do we think the way we think? 
Where are the emotions? Where is the fear that is causing me to think this about this person or those people, which is then causing me to rationalize that and then somehow finding validation for it in Christianity and then all of a sudden we're living not like Jesus Christ, but it's okay. It's never okay. It's never okay. The Holy Spirit is right there in the emotional bit. The Holy Spirit is in us. Gets the emotions. Read the Psalms. David was angry at so many people. Wanted God to destroy them. But have you ever read David's story? He could have killed Saul three, four times. And he didn't. Why? Because his emotions didn't lead to thoughts, which didn't lead to actions. Have your emotions. Have them. Be bitter and angry and want to, 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 want to see people that hurt us hurt. Do it. But don't let those become thoughts that then become actions. Stop the emotions and let the Holy Spirit turn our emotions around so by the time we have thoughts, we can then move into actions that are in line with the gospel. He died to save us all, and all of us were not worth it. So all I'm praying today is I hope the words of Jesus and other people in the Bible we read today will inspire all of us to look on others with compassion and not judgment, to be moved to help with time and money, prayer, love, forgiveness, grace, mercy to all who need it, not just those who we think deserve. Let's be God in the world, God who loves all and who died for all. And I pray God would help us all with that. Now, as kids finish up making these kits, there's a phenomenal quote from, I think that should be up there, yeah, from Pope Francis. That's a pretty powerful one. We can meditate on that. Dave's going to come up, and he's going to lead us again in some singing of whatever song he picks up. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here this morning. I want to thank the kids. I'll thank them when they get in. But family service at Cana is such a beautiful thing. And I love seeing these kids do their readings and their songs and participate with us in worship. Every week they participate with us in communion, which is beautiful. But on this week, and it's really special for them. And I hope we never lose sight of this family and this community and, and that these kids are such a huge part of what Cana is. It's not, Cana is not for us and the kids are part of it. Cana and the kids, the kids are Cana as much as we are Cana. We can't lose sight of that. And uh, so I'm really thrilled that all of us here, kids or no kids, participate and are engaged in these kids' lives. So how this is going to work after church for those of us, especially those of us who drive in Worcester a lot, or if you drive through cities a lot that you know where, where the people are. And I can tell you in Worcester, you know, down under 190, the back way into Best Buy, that's a spot. Underneath the bridge on Green Street, that's a spot. Uh, the two parallel roads to 290 that join Lincoln Street and Burncoat Street, both ends of that street, that's a spot. They're there, they're out there. and. I am telling you, whenever I have passed these out, I've yet to have someone throw one back at me. You know, the, 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 there's very few that will, aren't desperately in need of the basic needs. So uh, have them in your car for those that drive around. So what I do, I encourage you, we have 100, take five, take 10. If you know you can give out 20, take 20. 
those that never, ever, ever drive in an area that never see that, don't worry about it. You know what? Don't feel you have to take these because I don't want them to go to waste. Don't worry about it. But if you do drive in an area where you know you're going to run into these people, it's simple. Just come on in, honey. Right up there. Great job. It's simple. Just roll your window down and say, hey, got this for you. All right? And they will be internally grateful, and it's our way of remembering the poor. How are we doing, Jackson? Are we almost done? Uh, yeah. We're running out of stuff. That's okay. That's all right. We'll give them whatever we have, and that'll be fine. All right, David, I've talked enough. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Stand and close. 
God looks upon us with kindness and mercy. God's face is turned towards us in love. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. So let us go from this place as those who have been shown mercy and who are ready to show mercy to others. In the name of God who created us, of Jesus Christ who calls and commissions us, and of the Spirit who fills us with compassion. Amen. Kids, thank you so much for participating. This is an incredible sight to see all of this. Uh, we remember the poor. Everyone that bought ingredients, pieces of the care kits, thank you so much for that. Again, I just want to encourage you, if you know you're going to meet up with, with people in deep need, grab some. If not, don't worry. I, I know the pastor of the Homeless Church in Worcester, and I'll, I'll share some of those with him as well. And uh, it's great to be together. Remember, God showered us with love when we didn't deserve it. Let's go and shower people with love this week. Thanks for everything. Go in peace. Great. I'm going to. That's super.
them later. I got yeah. them while I was snow blown. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm glad that you got them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topic. I went to. That doesn't matter. As soon as I emailed you, then I went on to the.